Hot Takes and Cold Bears with your host, Chris and Joe! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hot Takes Cold Beers. As always, I'm Joe, and with us is Chris. How's it going tonight? Going fucking fantastic, dude. How you doing, man? I'm doing a lot better now that I get to see you. LeBron James, 2016 Finals Edition, all blacked out jersey. Oh, I love this jersey, dude. Game five, this is the jersey of that 2016 Finals. This is the jersey that started turning us, turning the tide for us, dude. I love this jersey, and it was on our wall for the longest time at 21-21. It's a great jersey. Uh, I just, why does it have sleeves? I don't know. Uh, because that's what that jersey was, man. That they decided game five of the 2016 NBA Finals that they were going to go with sleeves, and guess what? It worked. So they kept on rolling with it, and that's the jersey I have right now. Now I noticed that you as well are also wearing a uh, 2016 Cavs the Finals T-shirt. So we are on the same wavelength tonight, man. Oh yeah, it actually says the first um, <clears throat> just in like Finals format. Oh, or, excuse uh, me. Yeah, whatever that word is. Font, font. <laughs> in the finals font, it says the first. Okay, I thought it said finals, but it does say the first. So, But we're still on somewhat of the same, the, uh, same wavelength there, so it's cool. What are, you, uh, what are you drinking on tonight? Well, tonight I have a special beer for our audience here. Tonight, I live in Maryland, as everybody knows now uh, who listens, because... The only people that listen are our friends and family and one random dude from Ireland. Uh, he might not know that I live in Maryland, but I do. <laughs> but tonight I'm drinking uh, what's called Dead Rise, Old Bay Ghosts uh, by Flying Dog. And uh, basically, it's beer infused with Old Bay seasoning, which is really weird combo. And... Um, I don't hate it. It's definitely a weird, weird, uh, weird taste, but once you get used to it, man, it's really good. And I love Old Bay seasoning. So that's one thing that I have uh, gained appreciation for since living here in Maryland is uh, Old Bay. It goes on everything. I put that shit on everything. Yeah, see, I, I don't know, man. I, I, it's been a long time since I've even had Old Bay, so I can't even really replicate what it tastes like in my head. Mm. But uh, I just You're can't imagine out. that combination being a beer that i would enjoy too much to be honest with you it's like i said it's a very very interesting taste man but it's it, it goes for some reason it goes now i would appreciate if it was more of an ipa type beer with this but i mean it, it still tastes really really good i can imagine myself at a at a nice crab boil in the middle of summertime drinking this shit you know cracking some crabs open and and see i can imagine tasting crabs great. like like crap seasoned yeah. with Old Bay, right? And then like washing yeah. it down with like a nice yeah. beer. Like I can imagine that's that. That's what I'm saying. Just having both, both like taste and mouth at the same time. And no, if you like it, were washing like, down, would... if you're washing down like an Old Bay seasoned crab with Old Bay beer, I feel like that's going to be too much Old Bay. No, no, no. It would, it would complement it nicely. But it's an interesting beer. Uh, I wouldn't grab it by itself for the most part. I got to pick your own six beer at my local beer mart. And this was one of them. I was like, mm, that sounds interesting. So um, I grabbed it and I've had it. And I think if I was to have a crab boiler of some sort, I would definitely go with this because 
it would wash down the crabs real nicely. But uh, like I said, very interesting beer. But what you drinking on tonight, buddy? Ooh, I just got some uh, Not Your Father's Root Beer, and I'm sure mm. that I'll probably get a little backlash from that from some people out there. Um, but <laughs> hey, guess what? It's a tasty treat, and I enjoy it greatly. <laughs> yeah, man. Don't let them. Don't let the haters hate on you, bro. That's that's good shit, man. <laughs> we were just talking uh, about how my mom Barb, who was on the episode a few episodes ago. Uh, went ahead and sent some Cleveland beer to my buddy Norman out in Japan because he sent out some chew highs from Japan, everything like that. And he fell in love with Dortmunder Gold, which is a great classic Great Lakes mm. beer, which is awesome. And I'm really great Lakes hoping brewing. I can find some of that. Do you get Great Lake Brewing down in uh, Florida? It's not regularly. Uh, every once in a while, the exchange will have a couple packs of it or something like that, which I'm, okay. I'm assuming that someone like orders it. And then it's like the leftovers and everything. So you can find it like every once in a while, but it's not very often. I can find it pretty regularly here in Maryland, which is super nice. I love me some Great Lakes Brewing Company, especially when it comes down to Christmas time and you got their um, Christmas ale. Oh, that stuff's good. Mmm, so good. It's it's by far the superior Great Lakes beer, in my opinion. Put some brown sugar on the rim. Oh, my gosh. Makes you feel all kinds of festive and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. So good. So good. But hey, while we're at it, we got the fees on the line here. Let me let them in on, on our little uh, chat here. So we got the fees. Hey, fees. What's going on, brother? Nothing much. What's going on with you guys? Not a whole lot. Ooh, dude. dude, look at that fresh haircut. Man. Look at that look fresh at that. cut, dog. Look at that. That's not a quarantine haircut. <laughs> no, it's not. I finally got tired of the long hair. I needed to cut it. So, yeah, man, so looking looking fresh to death, bro. <laughs> yeah. Did you that you, did, did you that by yourself? I do. Wow, Ooh, my, it's really good, dude. Looks really I good. No, I, hey. I did not do it by myself. I had oh. a uh, professionally trained do it for me. <laughs> but hey, ladies, if we haven't if, if we haven't mentioned before, the fees is single. So you know, hit us up on hot takes underscore cold beers, and uh, we'll get you them digits. <laughs> Are you drinking a beer tonight, Fees? Or, uh, uh, are I'm you actually both? drinking a, what I like to call a Kentucky Sleepy Time Tea. So it's uh, Sleepy Time mixed in with a little Kentucky mash. So yes. Mm. Ooh, look at that that sounds too, pretty tasty. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, my friend Brad was supposed to join us today, but he's out in Guam uh, doing God's work in God's country. So he won't be able to make it this episode, mm. although we should get him on here soon. That's Absolutely. okay because we wanted the fee to come back. I think this is your fifth time on now, Fees. Um, Fourth or fifth time, have- yeah. He's on there quite a bit, man. He's a he's a, a recurring guest. I know the uh, audience enjoys listening to him, so always welcome the fees. And we definitely have some topics we want to talk about with the fees tonight, and we'll uh, I'm sure we'll get there. And dude, let's just talk about it now. So if you guys haven't seen the news. 2027 and 2028 if football still a sport seven years down the road which can be questionable we have a home and home series with the ohio state buckeyes and the alabama crimson tide so i'm super excited for that uh it's going to be awesome like obviously i'll be a little bit more nervous about it it's still seven years away so i'm not too nervous about it yet once we get closer i'll be a little bit more nervous about it but right now it's just like I can look at it objectively enough where I just know it's going to be a great couple of games and 
I'm also super happy that they're actually doing them like a home and home series and not mm. any of this neutral game, neutral site garbage or anything like that. Like, yeah, I think it's like, and Ohio state usually does that. We did it with Oklahoma a couple of times. Like they usually turn out to be really good games and everything. So I'm, I'm super looking forward to it. Now we were touching on it a little bit earlier, Fizel. And my first question to you is, do you think Nick Saban will still be coaching the Crimson Tide in 2027? I do not, but, you know, miracles happen every day. And the dude has not showed – he hasn't shown any signs of slowing down, but he's also in his late 60s. And generally speaking, coaches kind of reach their competitive – I thought he was uh, 72. I thought he was already in his 70s. No, he's in his late 60s. He's like 67 or something like that. Oh, he's just a young buck then. Just a young yeah. buck. <laughs> but he's still getting up. He's still getting up there in years. Uh, like I believe, Bobby Bowden is the oldest head coach in the modern era to win a national championship, and he did that at age seventy. So he's kind of on his on the downward side of his career, I believe. And I think within the next anywhere between three to five years, he will not be at Alabama. You know what strikes is interesting to me uh, for this matchup: twenty twenty-seven and twenty twenty-eight. The freshman year of those uh, of that year, 2027, just graduated or will be graduating fifth grade. So we don't even know who the fucks are going to be. It's just the craziest thing that college football schedules that far out in advance that literally the, the people playing in that game will be in fifth, sixth, and seventh grade this year. And that's the crazy part. So you have no idea where our teams are going to be end up ending up at that point. Like you said, Nick Saban could be retired by that point, so you may have a new head coach. Who the hell knows if our head coach is still going to be there or not? Like, I hope he is, but maybe he's not because Urban only lasted, what, five, six years? So Urban was there for almost seven, I think. Yeah, six um, or seven years maybe, but still. like, uh, and, and you were right, Fizel, Nick Saban's 68. And, well, that's what I was going to say. If you So both of the programs, I'm sure, will still be – championship contenders i would have to imagine um now ohio state if you look at ohio state's coaching trends like you were getting into chris it's it's fair to assume that ryan day will still be the head coach of the ohio state buckeyes at that time but depending on how many national championships we have between now and then he might be getting close to the hot seat so on that ryan, you know in that ryan. 2027 game if we get blown out at home by the, the alabama early on in the season or something like that that, that could spell the end for ryan day right there depending on I'm just looking at like past Ohio State coaching trends. That that would be the game that gets somebody fired. If you know, granted, yeah. he doesn't win four championships between now and then. Yeah, that very well could happen. But you know damn well that me and you are going to be sitting on the 50 yard line for that game down in Columbus. <laughs> oh, I'd love to. I want to go to Tuscaloosa too, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I've already That'd got great time. I've already got I've already got dibs on tickets from a guy I know who has season tickets uh, for 2028. So good God, dude! <laughs> eight years. Hey, eight years from now, I want that ticket. All right, lock me in. <laughs> like I need to do my math. Will I be on shore duty if I'm still in the Navy by then? Like uh, it depends on the seashore rotation. Right. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I don't we'll all, think about being. Yeah, if we're if we're years. all. If we're still in the Navy by that point, like we're all towards the twilight of our careers at that point. So like we're going to be a little bit older and probably still just as rowdy. <laughs> I'll be 41 in 2028. Oof. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> still, still a young man. Still a young man. 
Hey, we can um we can go ahead and make predictions on the games right now, then come back and listen to this uh seven years from now. Hey, that sounds fun. Hey, I'm gonna say Ohio State. Uh, you know, uh, forty one. You, uh, you gotta specify the year. Oh, in 2027 at home, Ohio State takes it. Let's see, 41 to 21. Those scores yeah. are way too low, bro. Look how football has evolved over the last 10 years. Nah, it's gonna, well. The average score. I, I'm saying it's going to be – I'm saying Ohio State at home. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be about 70, 72 to 63 Ohio State. Okay. And we're going to listen I, to this in eight years and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I go uh, 2027 for me, uh, 59-56 Ohio State. Mm. And then I'm going to give you my hot take for 2028. Do it. I want – I mean, I have a feeling, like, which is totally just foreign from reality, that they're going to reinstitute ties. And so I think it's going to be Alabama 45, Ohio State 45 in 2028. You know what? You know what, Fees? I need you to stop. I need you to stop doing that because every time you come on the show and you say something, it fucking happens. I shit you not. Go back to our previous episodes and and listen. And he was like, Oh, that uh that Tua's brother, he's gonna transfer. Guess what? Five days later, it was announced that Tua's transferring to Maryland. A couple different things that have happened like that, man. Just stop predicting things. I think so you're we're gonna the guy. see on uh we're gonna see on Bleach Report this weekend, like NCA reintroducing ties for the 2021 season. <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> just knock it off. <laughs> Unless you I say like the Fizel's, Browns, uh, the Browns are gonna win the Super Bowl. Say it for me, fees. The Browns are gonna win the Super Bowl in 2021. Say it. With I can't me. wish something into existence. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh, I, I like I like that though a tie forty five forty five it's Huskaloosa and then a rematch at the end of the year for the chip. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting for sure. And it's early on in the season as well. It's an early September game, both years. So I mean, it does play into the whole national ranking towards the end of the year. But at the same time, if one team loses, you could still see that team making it to the playoffs because it was so early in the season, depending on how the rest of the year goes, of course. Yeah, and I don't like our 28th season, like just the way it's scheduled right now, obviously people could drop for various reasons, but it's actually looking pretty dope because we play both Notre Dame and Ohio State that season in September. So that's, that's going to be pretty, uh, yeah. gonna be That's a solid awesome. season. That's a solid season. Yeah. Well, Notre Dame. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think Alabama has any trouble with Notre Dame, personally. At least not in today's world. No, they were our arch nemesis uh, back when Bryant was coaching. That's the one team he couldn't beat was Notre Dame. Well, not anymore. Uh, look at that one national championship game where Alabama just blew out Notre Dame. It wasn't even close. That felt good. And, and as we talked about before, that should have been Ohio State in the national championship it game. It should have been. One from, uh, we were banned from the postseason. Yeah, we wouldn't have been in that game if it wasn't for the fact that Ohio State was banned from the postseason. Oh, well, thank you for admitting that. I appreciate that, fees. <laughs> well, we lost the game. <laughs> you guys were undefeated. Now, the uh, next topic I want to get into, <clears throat> fees. I don't know if you listened to our best rock and roll bands episode yet, or saw the results. I haven't posted the bracket yet online, giving everybody a chance to listen. But I'll probably do that soon. Um, yeah, I would say it's the, the amount of time by now. The Beatles won, and uh, 
Um, everybody's pretty upset about it. I've gotten a lot of negative backlash for that very cold take. <laughs> it is a very cold take if you think about it. I mean, it's not it's not a hot take at all. But man, it's hard to argue against. But especially when the finals were the Beatles versus Bruce Springsteen. How are you going to make me choose between Bruce Springsteen and the Beatles, dude? There's there's no question who the better rock and roll band is, in my opinion. Yeah. The fact I that always I always buy American. <laughs> the fact that Bruce Springsteen even got to the finals, that's just asinine in and of itself. Thank you. Thank you, Fees. I was advocating that the entire fucking episode. Listen to it. I was like, how are you guys voting Bruce Springsteen? Bruce Springsteen beat out Jimi Hendrix experience. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's that's dumb. Like, I mean, I like Bruce beat out, beat out Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, and the Rolling Stones. Like, the are you serious? Yeah, like Led Zeppelin and the Stones are definitely much better than Bruce Springsteen. Yes, thank you. And I don't know how it happened, but it did, and I got outvoted, and that was not. But when it came down to it, they made me, they they forced my hand and forced me to vote Beatles versus Bruce Springsteen, fully well knowing that the Beatles are obviously better than them, and that is the coldest take in the world. I'll be the first to admit that is cold takes and even colder beers with Chris and Joe on that episode. But in this case, it was the journey and not the destination that got us to that break, to that, to yeah. that final winner. Uh, I was just going to say, I feel like the Beatles, you know, but even though like that's an obvious cold take, I mean, it, they're, they're, they're so like overrated now that they're almost underrated. Like people just kind of, cause everyone knows who the Beatles are. Everyone knows their music. And everyone just kind of rolls their eyes when people talk about, you know, that they're the obvious number one greatest band of all time. But, you know, if you look at their music, particularly their late stuff, like when they went into their experimental phase, some pretty good stuff. I thought for sure that the Beatles would lose to the Who, and I'm very upset that they did not. The other thing that I wanted to talk to you about, Fees, is uh, my cousin Ross is very distraught at this, but your band, your favorite band, Queen, got axed by Fleetwood Mac in the uh, quarterfinals. So how, how do you feel about that? I mean, at least it was Fleetwood Mac and not Bruce Springsteen. I mean, <laughs> like, I, mean I, I, can, I can dig me some Fleetwood Mac. I like Fleetwood Mac. I mean, obviously, they're not queen by any stretch of the imagination, at least as far as I'm concerned. But <laughs> it's a much better band to lose to than, in my opinion, one of the most overrated rock and roll singers of the modern – or of all time, really. Mm. Mm. There's your hot take, people. You're waiting for it. Finals, it just, that actually just makes me, that triggers me. I'm not going to lie. It, it definitely <laughs> triggers me. <laughs> That's all right. I mean, I don't think, like, I was, even before, when I did my own bracket, I didn't even have Queen reaching even the semifinals because I, I kind of, I, know, I knew the panel, and I kind of figured that the Doors were going to beat Queen anyway. And I, I still think that if it would have came down to Queen the Doors, the Doors probably would have won that also but yeah it's uh again apologies people that beatles won it's just how it played out it's uh it's how it how it shit how it shook down man uh the beatles four panelists well well we had a whole we had a whole two hours and there were some really good hot takes in that lost episode man and i've been looking for it and i emailed zoom i called zoom i was like I know you guys record this shit. Let me get that two hours back because there was some good stuff in there, but they haven't gotten back to me. Unfortunately, I think it is uh, the lost episode. Maybe one day I'll be able to find it and 
I'll release it. But uh, there were some good reactions, some good hot takes on there. But for now, it's the last episode, and the Beatles won it. So that's that's how it shakes down. I just like the outcome of the sexiest man in Cleveland way better than that outcome. I think that one was way more popular than uh, this one. But, you know, maybe that's because we had such a cold take on the Beatles winning. I don't know. Well, I think rock and roll, like for better or for worse, actually for worse. I mean, sad to say, but most people don't really listen to rock. Yeah, it's a real bummer. Real bummer. They're into pop and, you know, hip hop and R&B. Mumble rap. Yeah. Although today I was watching a, uh, I was watching a, you know that show Ghost Adventures, where they're like, oh, I'm so spooked. Uh, Post Malone was on, he was guest uh, featured on the episode, and he did an investigation with those. So I guess now we can call him Ghost Malone. Ha ha! Yeah. <laughs> that was lame. That was I wish super I had lame. Like a <laughs> trombone. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good shit hey did you see uh so i know we uh we have touched upon it pretty much on every episode but it's it's an ongoing fight have you seen the most recently uh mlb uh negotiations joe yeah i uh i did and i saw a bunch of the players like were on instagram and twitter earlier this week and like their message to uh manfred is essentially like just tell us where and when like that's yeah. and i even said that on this show before right like they're the only league that hasn't set up like a schedule yet and that's it seems like that's what the players want most right now before they can even negotiate the money or the right. games or anything else they want to know where and when like how is it going to be done how is it going to be scheduled and the mlb hasn't released anything like that so it's like i said i said it before and it's just when the nhl and the nba before they even asked the players to agree to anything, they already said, like the NBA, for example, was like, we're going to play in Orlando uh, at Disney World, essentially. And these are the dates. This is our start date. This is how it's training camp's going to work. This is, they had it all structured out before they even asked the players to agree to it. And the NHL, I don't know if the NHL even knows where they're going to play yet, but they at least gave them the format and the dates and everything, like how that was going to roll before they even asked the players to agree to it. So it seems like that's... I, it seems like the players have a perf- perfectly reasonable request to just know when and where and how right. it's going to play out. Well, they came back today, actually, and they, uh, they, the MLBPA came back with a counteroffer today, an official counteroffer. And let me highlight some of these details that were on this. So they came back with a 70-game season from July 19th through September 30th. They want full prorated pay. They want spring training to begin June 26th through uh, June 28th. They want expanded playoffs to include 16 teams in both 2020 and 2021. They want a 50-50 split of incremental TV revenue for any additional postseason games in 2021. Uh, Let's see, other highlights of this deal. Uh, $10 million goes to social justice initiatives funded from the welfare plan, which is a good little lobby. Um, They want uh, clubs are granted permission to sell advertisements and patches on uniforms in 2020 and 2021, which is an interesting thing, uh, similar to what the NBA does now, where you'll have like a- I fucking hate that. I hate it, dude. I fucking hate it. Yeah, no, no, I I don't like that either, but that's what they're coming up with here. 
Um, they're trying. You know, to you know what? You know, you know who? You know who it is? It's fucking Nike, because that's what ha- when Nike took over the NBA. I guarantee that's it. when they fucking did it. Yeah, it's fucking horseshit. I I guarantee no, I'm it. Just, I'm, I'm just thankful that the Cavs, at least, like we have the Goodyear logo on ours. Yeah, and, and it, it looks like, like it. Goodyear. Yeah. It looks like it, it. It fits in our color scheme. Yeah, and yeah. it. At least it's like a local company and stuff like that. Right. Some of some some of them just look fucking terrible on the uniform. Yeah, they do. Just, yeah, just, like like the Bumble on uh, who has Bumble? It, that's um, that's Golden that's State, Clippers. isn't it? Oh, Clippers. That's no. who it is. But the Clippers or the Golden State has the big um, I don't know what the logo is, but it's like a big red circle, and it's just it doesn't fit their uniform at all. No, it doesn't. It doesn't look good at all. Like at least as much as, as I hate has, the Warriors. Yeah. As much as I hate the Warriors, they have good-looking uniforms, and it just is ruined by this big red fucking circle on it. Right. It looks terrible. So they're the, the MLBPA is looking – because I think they're trying to generate money at this point. They're, they're trying to, you know, get the, the, uh, the club owners the money that they're looking for. And the way you do that is through advertisement, right? So I think that's why they included that. So that's only for 20, uh, 2020 and 2021. Um, there's enhanced housing allowance in spring training and regular season. Here's another interesting one, a universal designated hitter in 2020 and 2021. So across both leagues, you got a DH, which is interesting. I think that was already in the plans even before all the COVID stuff. Right. Um, and that's mostly the highlights of it. The, the things that stuck out to me there were the advertisements on the uniforms and also the universal DH through 2020 and 2021 so that's really really interesting uh we'll see we'll see if that comes to fruition all i know is that i'm missing baseball man and i should be going to fucking games on weekends and sometimes during the weekdays when they're playing night games you know i i miss going down to the ballpark man and they need to get this shit over with because i miss me some baseball you know yeah this is uh this is gonna be a downfall of baseball it really it's will like, be. Well, to to bring this into the fold, I was watching um, Mongon Summer, the 30 for 30. I was watching that last night, and they were talking about how that players that players strike in 94 like took out baseball, and they really didn't yeah. get a lot of their fans back until that whole, that whole thing. And it's just like, <clears throat> man, I don't want to see that happen again. It's going to be so bad for baseball if they're not playing baseball, and then hockey and basketball just dominate the summer. You know what I mean? Well, credit to uh, credit goes to Barb on this one. She called that on our happy hour episode, dude. She definitely said, "Hey, if they don't get this done, that they're going to be locked out, and it's going to be detrimental to the game." Because, like she said on that episode, it took like five or six years, probably up until that long gone summer in 1998, with that home run chase, for anybody to be interested in in, in baseball again. So, if this happens, and now. If they, even if they patch up this year, this whole thing's going to go down again next summer because the contract expires next year. So if they don't get it figured out now, they're definitely not going to get it figured out next summer. And it's just going to be – it could be a downfall of baseball. And I hate to say it, man, because I, you know I love going to baseball games and watching baseball. I mean, yeah, I might be the unpopular one here, but I like watching on TV, man. I just I was sitting back, drinking a Miller Lite, just watching hey, it. TV is fun too. I sent you a couple days ago. I sent you that video of us watching uh, the Indians playoff game in twenty one twenty one. Right? The uh, it was like the yeah. time speed or whatever. 
And like, we were just bullshitting, right? It was a good time. I might actually have to post that on the, uh, the old Instagram page, you know, what it's like to watch a, a game on TV at 2121. It was a oh, good yeah. time. If I, were, if I were the owners, uh, I would definitely veto this counteroffer because I think the universal DH rule is BS. <laughs> really? Why is that? Because I believe that if you are in the starting lineup, you should hit. I don't care if you're a pitcher. You should be out there at the plate hitting the ball. See, this hmm. is someone that grew up with National League Baseball, Chris. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's very true. I'm like, uh, well, I guess. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, I never I, – I just growing up watching the Indians, it's like when you, whenever you see a pitcher hit, you're just like, this just feels wrong. Right, but uh, then when CC Sabathia takes it to right field, you're like, yes! <laughs> or uh, Bartolo Colon hits. Bartolo uh, Colon, yeah, buddy, you love that. You love that shit. Big sexy hitting the home run, dude. I love it. Although I can definitely like understand the DH, I suppose, because you know you don't want your your starter to get hurt. Because I remember the first baseball game I ever went to. This kind of dates me a little bit. It's actually right before the '94 strike. Uh, Greg Maddox was the starting pitcher for the Braves that, that night. And uh, second inning, first at bat, he uh, hits a grounder out in the outfield. And as he's trying to round first base to see if he needs to run to second, he tripped over first base and he badly sprained his ankle. And so Jesus. that was the end of, of Greg Maddox's night. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's stuff like that. And, uh, I don't know. It's an old thing. Now, watching Long God Summer, that made me miss baseball even more. Just, like, seeing, like, they, when they had, like, uh, like the outlying pictures or videos of St. Louis and, like, Chicago yeah. before the ball games. You yeah. just see everybody walking through downtown in their jerseys yeah. and people at bars. And it's just, like, it's just, that's summertime, man. Like, Dude, huh? I, uh, I got super emotional during that because – uh, I know you were a little, you were a little young buck during that, during that time, but I definitely, and I was pretty young too. I was probably, I was six or seven when that was going down. And I definitely remember it though, because I was huge into baseball, uh, growing up ever since I was growing up. And I remember that home run chase, Ben, and checking ESPN every day to see who had the next home run, who was in, in the lead, watching those highlights, man. And I got a little bit emotional. I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm, it just it just sparked something in me. I'm like, man, I miss watching baseball, man. And it's it, it, sports need to come back, dude. I'm fucking I'm dying right now, man. <laughs> what are you talking actually, about? We got we got NASCAR, bro. We got NASCAR. We, we got we got soccer too. Don't 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 forget about Premier League. I was actually I was so desperate. I was watching Premier League yesterday. <laughs> They're actually uh, NASCAR is actually racing in Talladega this weekend. Oh, uh, where? Lama, Super Speedway. Mm. If you ain't first, you're last. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if they're if they're able Talladega to enforce the uh, the Confederate flag rule in the heart of Dixie. I'm going to be interested to actually see if they're able to keep Confederate flags out because I think it's the first race where fans are going to be there. Oh, really? Fans uh, are allowed. Uh, no, I hope it all works out and there's not like riots at NASCAR or something like that. You'd hate they to don't see riot. that. They just, they just shoot people. Mm. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> uh, one, going back to college football a little bit here, Fiz, I wanted to ask you, did you see – well, it's not just college football. It happened in the NFL too. But did you see all those players uh, test positive for um, COVID-19 and do you think that's going to affect the season in any way? I mean – 
It's possible. Uh, I believe uh, Dr. Fauci was on the news networks today or yesterday, and he was talking about how the players are going to be isolated and in literal bubbles almost uh, in order for football to work this year. But I don't necessarily agree with that because uh, I think that the younger you are, the less this affects you. And if you're positive for the virus, just stay away from your grandparents for two weeks and uh, it'll be fine. That's literally all you need to do because this virus only seems to really hurt those who are old or have really like underlying health issues that could definitely cause death for anything that they could get, whether it be, you know, COVID-19 or the flu. Right. Well, I mean, you're not wrong. And uh, I, I would agree that I don't think the virus, especially, you know, athletes, college football players and NFL players and stuff like that, I don't think the virus is going to affect them, or at least not every single one of them severely at all or anything. But the thing you got to worry about is, well, then you look at the coaches who are older and, and the equipment managers and not even those people. Like, you know, in the NFL, they got people who, the security guards for the stadium and people who, clean up the locker rooms after the game and all that kind of stuff. Like it's not just the football players that are, are going to be exposed to it. Well, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and say like those people can gladly die for my entertainment. But, but, but no, like, yeah, I mean, but like, I think that you need to start weighing, you know, risk versus reward. Obviously I don't want anyone to die. Uh, but, you know, are we going to remain in hiding until we may or may not ever get a vaccine? Because how often do they actually develop vaccines for viruses? It's very rare. So uh, I don't know. Like, I personally think the show should go on. I mean, if you want to play with limited capacity stadiums and limited number of people on the sidelines to keep people safe, do it. But let the sports happen because people need this. Otherwise, you're going to see what we saw a few weeks ago with people just deciding to burn down cities for fun. Which is still going on, by the way. It's yes. Well, I don't less, know. If, it's, it's less less reported on now. I don't know if I agree with that take because uh, I remember a few times throughout sports when sports were the direct cause of cities getting burned down. Well, I mean, <laughs> hey, you do, it, you do that in celebration, it's all good. You do that in uh, in protest against something; it's not good. It's you know, there's two different sides. And also, so generally, one or two cities, if the other city is upset or happy enough. Uh, whereas, you know, the the protest these last few weeks, or these riots, I should say, distinguish the two. Uh, multiple cities, basically all of America, just went up in flames for one or two weeks in uh, in June, late May, June. Hey, I know for a fact that whenever the Browns win the Super Bowl this year, uh, Cleveland's going to go through the whole same thing again where it's going to burn to the ground. Or even if they go to the Super Bowl and they lose, it's still going to burn to the ground. Damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of situation. Make it to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, if they make it to the playoffs, Cleveland's going to burn down. <laughs> Interesting take here, though. Let me ask you about this, Joe. There's rumors out there that the Browns might sign Cam Newton. How do you feel about that, buddy? Yeah, I saw that, and um, I, I, I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about it. I, I guess if we get him super cheap, 
there's not really a downside. You have a hell of a quarterback room with Baker, Case Keenum, and Cam Newton, which the Browns have never had. It's just like, I don't know. I don't know if we need him. Yeah. But, I mean, if Baker comes out and shits the bed, who knows? Uh, Cam might be a better replacement than Case Keenum. You never know. I mean, it, it, it's, 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 it's hard to uh, – it's hard to see that's the thing that's it's not just the browns it's like why nobody has signed cam newton yet is because i think everyone has recognized that he's not going to get he's not going to be his former mvp self where he can run the ball and he's not going to be a dual threat quarterback or anything like that Mm -hmm. anymore and i think people are really questioning about whether cam newton can be the pocket passer quarterback and how successful he'll be at it so that being said i wouldn't i wouldn't hate it if he came to the browns uh if anything, it's just more motivation for Baker, which we already talked about. I think he needs. Um, but I also don't think it's any reason for him. I don't think we need to go chase him down or anything like that either. Yeah, I don't think we need to break the bank for him. If if the money aligns up where like we can get him super cheap, I think it would make sense. Uh, if anything, you can get that uh, experience to Baker. I'm still all behind Baker, dude. Baker is my dude, and I really think this is just his third year going into this year. And this is the make-or-break year, and I really think he's going to come out on top. But if he gets injured or anything like that, we still have Case Keenum. So, I mean, for the veteran leadership, I could see that. I don't think I want to break the bank for Cam Newton, though. That would be interesting for sure. I know there's videos that Cam Newton and OBJ are out there catching passes together, throwing passes and catching passes and shit, and, and, and it looks good. But I just don't think we need to break the bank to go get Cam Newton. I'd rather spend that money on, say, a Jadavian Clowney, who we offered a hard line $15 million for, for a one-year contract. And that's up to him now at this point. And we may or may not get him, but that's like our, that's like our top-tier offer at this point, which is yeah, I saw pretty interesting. I saw we offered Clowney, and he basically turned us down thus far, at least. And now he might still be waiting for a better offer or something like that. That's possible. And, I mean, maybe he just doesn't want to play in Cleveland. That's also possible. He hasn't ever played in an area where it's super cold. He might not like cold football, so that could be a thing. Or he just doesn't want to be a Cleveland Brown. I'm sure that a lot of people can understand that. Uh, I think the big thing pushing him away is that he – I think he knows if he came to Cleveland, he it wouldn't be his defensive line. It's it's Miles Garrett's. Yeah. So, uh, well, that's and that true. I guess driving him away. Also, well, he would have to go to the opposite side of the line that he's normally used to because Miles Garrett plays on his side, the exact same spot as Clowney does. So he would, and they're not obviously not going to move Miles Garrett because he is looking like a fucking animal right now. I saw in his Instagram post the other day, uh, he was putting up. He was uh, deadlifting 655 pounds three or four times, making it look easy. So this dude's looking like a fucking animal. And so Jadavian Clowney would have to be moved from his natural position over to the other side of the line. And maybe that's his hesitation. Maybe he doesn't want to do that. But, I mean, he's not signed anywhere. And I really feel like if he's not signed by preseason by anybody, he's going to start to entertain the idea of coming to Cleveland and I would love that. Like, uh, Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, on, Miles Garrett on one side, Jadavian Clowney on, on the other side could be a scary, scary, scary defensive line, dude. Yeah, it would be, but we'll just have to see how it shakes out. It, see, that's as a, as a Browns fan, growing up with them, 
you know, my entire life. What I'm fearful is that we saw what the hype was last year and everything. Right. And yeah. How it, you know, it didn't come to fruition and it added extra pressure to the team and all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff. So I'm concerned that if we get a Clowney, we get a Cam Newton, that's just going to make the hype so much more this year. And I just don't know how the team's going to respond to that, as essentially because we're going into the same situation that we were to at the beginning of last season with a new coach and new players and all that yeah. other stuff. So uh, that worries me on that front of it too. Personally, I think the hype, the hype isn't as big this year because it didn't just happen. But as a, as a Browns fan, like knowing everybody we have right now, I think the hype is more right now than it, what it was last year. Just because I don't know. I still will... think we're projected to. Well, I think most things I've seen projected us with like eight and a half wins, which right. would still probably be a wild card slot. Hopefully, I think anything less than the playoffs this year, I think it would be very, very detrimental to the entire organization, man, and especially to Baker. Anything less than the playoffs, man, and uh, you know we might end up trying to move on for Baker, which I would really hate, man. I, would, I was just saying, I'd really hate to see it, but I think Baker's got five games to make a good impression, and then people are going to start calling from Case Keenum. We've seen it happen time yeah. and time again as a Browns fan. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm not advocating for that. Yeah. I would like to see Baker play a whole other season. But I think yep. if he's not – I think if his first five games were the same first five games he had last season, I think he's out of there at least for a couple of games. Give Case You're Keenum a shot. You are 100% correct, especially knowing that Case Keenum – uh, his coach, while he was in Minnesota, was Kevin Stefanski. So, I mean, it, it only makes sense. I guarantee you, if Baker starts, if he starts faltering in the first few games, I guarantee you Stefanski is not, oh, he's dreaming, by the way, Kevin Stefanski. Uh, I guarantee you, if, if, uh, if he sees Baker start to, you know, wither away a little bit, he's not going to hesitate putting in his boy, Case Keenum. So it'll be an interesting season, man. I know that I can't wait. We're down under 90 days now till uh, opening day kickoff, and I absolutely can't wait. Yeah, it'll be interesting, and I'm just hoping for football season at this point. <laughs> I think it's going to happen. All, point, all signs point to yes, it's going to happen right now, but who the hell knows? Like we've, all, like we've been saying this entire time, who knows? On that, though, I have think, another uh, beer. I have another beer. You want to know about this one? This one is uh, it's called Fractal. Uh, I got it because the can looks cool. It's a simple, complex IPA, which makes zero sense, but uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> but it's by uh, Equilibrium uh, Brewery out of New York, which is interesting. So yeah, that's what I'm drinking now. By the way, I know you're you're super worried. Oh yeah, no. So uh, I thought you were drinking. It looks like a can of gasoline or something over there. So I didn't even know. No, it's a it's a cool can though. That's why I got it. Mm, it's actually really good. It's a described by them simple complex IPA, which I don't get at all. There's no such thing as it. Kind of just looking at it from what I saw you drinking it, it kind of looks like the brewing company only had labels for regular cans. And that's a tall boy, like a 16 ouncer, and they yeah. couldn't, they didn't make a label for the whole can. It's uh, probably exactly what happened. <laughs> it's good though. Coronavirus. Yeah, right. I'm probably drinking a big old can of Corona right now. It's cool. 
whatever. Well, hey, I got a, a type O blood type, and apparently that makes you relatively immune to the coronavirus. Uh, oh, I read that stuff. too. I do too, actually. So I'm good to go. I'm good to go. Bars and football games, here I come. I'm immune, according to the. How crazy would that? <laughs> how crazy would that be if you're like, uh, you may attend NFL games, but only if you have type O blood. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, do you think um, there's been a lot of talk about this in NFL too? I, I'd be interested to hear f- the fees take on this, but uh, it seems like uh, Colin Kaepernick might make his way back into the league this year. What, what do you guys think about that? And if someone wants to sign him, sign him. Like I got no problem with it. Personally, I think that he doesn't want to get back in the NFL because why would he? I mean, he's making tens of millions of dollars being endorsed by Nike and doing absolutely nothing. Yo, Fees, we were talking oh, about I, this last weekend, weren't we? I think so. Yeah, and, uh, we were, yeah, we were I, saying, why would you go back into the NFL to risk your fucking injuries and shit and you're already making tens of millions of dollars through sponsorships and shit? Why would you do that? Like, he has no reason to. The only reason I think he would be signed by any NFL team now is because of their fucking guilt. I'm just going to come out here and say it. I'll say it right now. His fucking workouts last year that he staged, uh, he moved into a high school thing due to some bullshit or whatever. He looked like shit, dude. He could not make – he couldn't make a decent pass. His passes all looked like trash. His footwork looked like trash. Personally – I don't think he's that great of a quarterback. Yes, he did go to the Super Bowl, and he almost won that Super Bowl if it, if it wasn't for that damn blackout. And the Ravens staged that, by the way, if it wasn't for that blackout in the middle of that fucking game. But I just don't think he's an NFL-caliber quarterback right now. Like, and, I, and I really think a team that would sign him right now would, doing it, would be doing it for a PR stunt. And that's my personal take. That's a hot take on that, people. Yeah, I don't know. I can see that. Um, and I think there is definitely like a level of guilt, I guess, as, as you say. Um, but I also think that maybe – and some of it's definitely public relations. NFL owners are old white guys, and they don't, they don't want to deal with this you know, movement and everything that's going on right now. But at the same time, Roger Goodell – says he's encouraging owners and i also get that he's probably just saying that who knows what's actually going on behind closed doors or anything like that all i'm saying is that whether colin kaepernick's an nfl quarterback or not whether he gets signed for a pr stunt or not i do think it would look good on the league and i would be interested to see what happens especially because i think he's been i think the chargers are the ones that have been talking about him the most and they have tyrod taylor down there but they and they just drafted justin herbert but they don't really have a set in place quarterback yet so it you know, even if they signed him and you had a three-way quarterback battle before between Justin Herbert, Tyrod Taylor, and him, and like who knows who's actually going to win that? But I, I, I would, I, I personally, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see him get another shot. At least, uh, you know, what this is four years down the road from uh, taking the knee originally and all that other stuff, and like just the way that the country has moved since then. I think it would be an overall. I'm not saying I'm not disagreeing with Ruth's take that he might not be a top NFL quarterback or even NFL quarterback at this point. That might be true. I'm just saying I I would personally like to see him get signed and at least compete for a job. I think when he did take his stand back in 2016, the NFL fucking blackballed him for doing that. And Roger Goodell looks like a fucking clown right now because he has to go back on his word uh, for saying. 
you know, uh, you shouldn't be kneeling on the flag. And like, and now he realizes his mistake. And that's what's great about everything that's going on right now is that everybody's realizing, oh, wait, maybe we were wrong in that. But you got to remember, that was four years ago, man. And he hasn't been in the league since. And I know he's been working out and everything. I'm just saying that I don't know if he is an NFL quarterback right now. I'm not saying that he couldn't be. I'm just saying that he hasn't been in the league in four years and the league has advanced as much as you don't want to admit it. It has advanced in the past four years. And I just feel like if any team signs him right now, they're going to be doing it under a guilty conscience and they're going to be like, oh yeah, we'll give you a shot. And like, and that's just my personal take on it. Like, I do support everything that he he supports on that that whole kneeling position. Baker came out and said that he's going to also be kneeling this year, which is fine. I understand that. That's all good. But I just don't think, based upon his talent now and based upon the workouts that I saw uh, that he put on a few months ago, he just doesn't look like that good of a quarterback anymore, man. It's been four years. So I just that that's my personal take on it. I don't know. Everybody can disagree and if you want. I, yeah. No, I, I, that's a good take. All I'm saying is regardless of the circumstance that gets him back into the league and who knows if he's going to be good or not, all I'm saying is that I, w- I would like to see him at least compete for a job. That's all I'm saying. Well, yeah, I would like to see that as well because Roger Goodell looks like a fucking clown right now because he is a clown. He does look like a clown, but I don't think it's for the reason that you think. See, the NFL at the end of the day is a business. Like, you exist in the NFL to make money. And when Kaepernick made his stand in 2016 and uh, when people carried his mantle in 2017 and after he left, the NFL really suffered from a ratings perspective. Like, people tuned off or tuned out because politics is becoming so divisive. People like means of escape. Sports provides escapism, and when people start to talk about politics and bring that into sports, people stop start tuning out. Like you're seeing it with ESPN. Like ESPN has gone woke, and their ratings have been in the tank for the last four or five years. So Goodell made a conscious decision based on what the fans were saying, and they were saying it by you know not watching. So at that sense, he was doing what he thought was best for the league because his job is to make the owners money. That's why he exists. And you can't make money or as much of it when people aren't watching the games. And ever since they stopped doing that, you're starting to see a rise in ratings. And I don't know if it'll be the same this time around because of how things have changed. But if those ratings start to dip down again, you're going to start seeing the owners and Goodell push back because at the end of the day, the bottom line is we got to make money. Yeah, that's a very good point. It is a huge business for sure. That's, yeah, that's what it comes see, down what, to. What, makes, what kind of uh, irks me a little bit is that the reason why people weren't watching and all that stuff is they didn't like the protests and everything like that, which it was about police brutality and – People always want to bring disrespecting the flag into it and everything like that. And, you know, I'm an active duty service member and I don't see it as disrespecting the flag or anything. Um, It's a real problem in this country and I get it. But all I'm saying is that so many people were upset about the protest. And now in today's world with everything that's going on today, they're like, oh, why can't people just protest peacefully? 
You know what I'm saying? Like, why, why do they have to throw these riots and everything? And well, if you look back 2016 and 2017, these players were, yeah, you know, peacefully they protesting. Were. And, and then they got blackballed from the NFL. Watching yeah. Right. It's, it, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, man. It's a, it's a, it's a tough subject. It is a tough subject. All I'm saying is that Roger Goodell looks like a fucking clown right now because he like damned Colin Kaepernick back in 2016 for doing what he did. And then now he's welcoming him, which good for him for seeing maybe the error of his ways. And, and, and I'll admit back in 2016, um, I wasn't a huge fan. I also, I, I enjoyed his freedom of speech. I didn't necessarily agree with it, but I took it as it was and I didn't necessarily hate him. I just like, I was like, eh, whatever. Like that's his freedom of speech. He can do what he wants. And now I feel like if any team signs him, it's going to be a purely a fucking PR stunt. And that's why I don't necessarily like him coming back in the league because I don't think he's based upon the workouts that I've seen. I don't think he's an NFL caliber quarterback right now, but like you said, maybe a, a backup position or maybe a third string position to create a quarterback fight in a, in a quarterback room would be interesting, but we'll see what happens. My yeah, thing is be- like, when, uh, when has kneeling ever been a sign of defiance? Like throughout history, when you kneel, you're showing reverence to something or in the case of God, you are worshiping something. Well, that's so also I've, interesting I've really too. Under- I've never really understood the whole kneeling aspect of it, but if he wants to do it, that's his right. Uh, I personally think he's stupid for doing it, but you know what? This is America. You do what you want unless it's illegal. Exactly. I think it became a protest when people asked him, why are you kneeling for the national anthem? And he says, I'm protesting police brutality. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, it's getting, you know, real political up in here right now, but ultimately it was his first amendment right to do and that's why we live in the greatest country in the world it'll be interesting i've already seen like baker getting backlash just because he said that he would kneel and everything and i saw that too but i that i support him doing that and like you know you got to do what you you ultimately support right and i feel that he already came out and said uh twitter was like hey uh i bet you baker actually i think it started with jj watt I bet you J.J. Watt wouldn't kneel for it. And J.J. Watt fired back, yeah, don't one, don't speak for me. And two, I absolutely will be. And then Baker, like, tacked onto that. So Baker's going to be kneeling this year, which is okay, I suppose, because I think a lot of people are going to be kneeling this year. And not that it's a mainstream, because it's a mainstream thing that makes it okay. I'm just saying that I support their decision. Well, I mean – it's mainstream, but just because it's mainstream doesn't mean like it's supported by a majority of Americans. I actually just read a poll today that I found very surprising. It was by Politico. It was about the Confederate flag issue, and it was literally conducted, I think, a week or two ago when all this stuff really started cropping up. Uh, nearly 50% of people polled still believe that the Confederate flag represents Southern pride and not racism. So, hmm. like, it's really, it's really interesting. Like, so don't, don't, like social media is a small but very vocal minority, and mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. there are there's a there are a lot of people out there who don't necessarily support what is going on to the extent that it is going on. Well, I'm all for getting rid of the Confederate flag. Personally, 
I also saw this thing that was kind of funny today where it's like West Virginians are, uh, they're moving to remove Confederate statues with statues of the Mothman, which I think is hysterical. <laughs> and, uh, I would really like to see that happen. Um, now, I didn't, I don't, I'm kind of confused as to why there are Confederate statues in West Virginia because they created their whole state so they wouldn't be part of the Confederacy. So I don't really understand that. But I think Stonewall statues Jackson, of Mothman. Stonewall Jackson is actually born in what is modern day West Virginia. Is that why they, is that why they did that? Maybe you can I mean, uh, there shed were, some there light on that. There were prominent Confederates who came from that part of the, of the state because that was Virginia. That's just, you know, where they came from. And they probably just directed statues to say, hey, these are the guys that fought for the Confederacy from this part of the country. I'm not necessarily saying it's right. I'm just saying that that's why they erected the statues because Virginians did fight for the Confederacy, even the ones that, you know, were from what is today West Virginia. Okay. Well, I think that giant statues of the Mothman would be hysterical. Uh, I think that we need more statues of Bigfoot, you know, around and everything like that too. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, if they want to take them down, take them down. Like, I mean, I'm not necessarily in favor of a mob toppling the statues. Like, if the community wants them gone, have them vote on it, and then have them peacefully removed and taken somewhere else where they can, like a like a a, a statue graveyard or something, where people can go to actually look at the statues and perhaps learn the historical context. But I'm not in favor of people just yanking them down willy-nilly with no regard for the law. Statue graveyard could be interesting. I was going to say, that's not a bad idea. I mean, That's a could, great idea, because, actually. Because then it's like, it's, uh, you're like, you choose, you don't, I get, how do I say this? Like, you're not seeing this statue, like, in your community. You're choosing to go there, like you said, to get the historical context and learn history and everything like that. It's not necessarily being shoved in your face when you're walking up to your town hall or something like that. Hey, that's a fantastic idea, Fees, man. We should, uh, we should run that up the pike there. Mm-hmm. Somebody, uh, somebody important is going to listen to this podcast, right? And uh, they'll be like, holy shit, the Fees has a point. <laughs> Statue Graveyard, uh, let's do it. The only person listening is Conor McGregor thinking about how much he wants to kick our ass and everything. Yeah, like <laughs> Ireland, I'm telling you what. Shout us out, man. I want to know who you are. Just so that I have peace of mind that it's not Conor McGregor. And if it is Conor McGregor, I double down on, I love you. (laughs) Don't kick my ass, man. Enjoy retirement. Quote, unquote, retirement. (laughs) He'll come back out when he needs money. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. That's the general consensus, I think. It's like Floyd Mayweather. Whenever he gambles too much of his money away, he decides to fight again. I just saw he was. I just saw that he was back in the uh, talks for fighting somebody. I don't. I don't know who it was, but he went to the fight again. I, I saw one of the greatest boxers of all time, but he also uh, does it in his own way. Like if he's not if he's not winning the round, he'll just turn his back on you the whole time, so that like the ref like separates you. And that's what I really hate about watching a Floyd Mayweather fight, man. That's yeah. why I didn't bother nope. buying uh, the Pacquiao fight. Yeah. Oh, we we were at the uh, that bowling alley in Hawaii. That was a great time. Oh yeah, that was a good time. Chris yeah, got several- <laughs> uh, 
responsibly responsibly intoxicated <laughs> and he fell asleep at the bar yeah we had a couple beer towers going on that day and uh that that fight was super boring and i definitely nodded off a few times because it was so boring it was so boring and i had a bunch of chicken wings in my stomach you know like it was just i was comfortable and you know it was fun not one of my shining moments <laughs> yeah it'll be interesting well boys i need another beer i think it's about time to wrap this one up hey Fies, absolutely thanks for coming back on you're welcome to come on whenever um hey, man. Uh, real quick shout out i wanted to talk about real fast is that my a former classmate of ours chris uh goes by the rap name that kid from 94 and him and another rapper from canton ohio called prospect 330 are dropping a single next week and it's called uh i don't remember what it's called but the point is that they're teasing it on instagram right now and you guys should go check it out and wait for that stuff to drop because it sounds awesome and it's just uh that kid from 94 on instagram look it up looks awesome gotta represent some canton kids and everything like that so some canton kids out. absolutely uh sounds good man i'll definitely check that out uh also we have plenty of stickers uh hot takes cold beers stickers left for you guys if you want if you want one we're selling them for three bucks a piece uh just hit us up on the dms on hot takes underscore cold beers on instagram let us know you want one and uh we'll get you that right on out to you so hey brother it's been fun thanks thanks for coming on the show fees we always love having you on and uh absolutely we'll see you